Well, 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 well. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode. In fact, not just another episode. It is our, yes, indeed it is, cheers to us, our 39th episode here at 39DD Show. Man, we have been rocking and rolling for over a year. It has been so surreal. We've had such amazing times, great guests, great conversations. And of course, we do this all for you, the lovely fans at home, because we care about you just that much. We want to share our lives with you, you know, bring you into our personal spheres. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass around to my co-hosts and lovely partners in crime, uh, Mr. Lars Classington, who, as you can see, by the way, when, when he jumps over to the camera, is uh, celebrating a milestone of his own, too. Maybe I'll tell you about it. Gentlemen, gentlemen, number 39. Boom, we did it. Can you believe it? 39? Wow. I remember no, I, I remember when we were around 19 and I was thinking around 19, wow, 39 is so far away. Like we're not even halfway right now. And it already felt in my head I was like I've never done 19 weeks in a row of anything. I was already marveling at what we'd accomplished and I was like 30. I knew we'd get there, but it was a long time. So thank you. This is a special episode. This is super special. This is it's like a birthday episode almost right it's a weird like anniversary birthday milestone yeah yeah and the fact that it also just so happens to fall on a long weekend monday too it's just like serendipity to the max holiday yeah it's holiday the queen's birthday and we've got an amazing guest who's been a huge part of our life today but first we got to throw it over to the regular co-host here our partner in crime who, by the way, has been killing it with podcast wardrobe. If you're just listening oh, yeah. to this right now, if you're listening, you need to be watching because he is just, he has leveled up episode after episode. Give it up for Trevor Ketchison, everybody. Oh, ah, the big reveal. Yes. The official name day is upon us. The actual name day of, of what we described it and where we are. It's so surreal to be here. I was just saying before we went on uh, the amount of work that it represents between 1 and 39. And it's over a year. And how is that possible if we've been consecutive, folks? Well, you've just got to tune in and listen and figure that out because we're just going to keep rolling. We're going to come together as a group and keep it going. And I'm so stoked to get this guest on tonight because he's a dear friend of the show. Uh, first time Actually, second time caller, because he called in once before. Uh, let's give it up for our longtime buddy, playwright, extraordinary actor, Chris Oliver. Hey, hey buddy! Uh, Chris, Chris, welcome, thank welcome. You. Thank you very much. Um, I'm honored to be on the 39th uh, podcast. Um, I recall uh, Lars and Trevor coming to me when I was working in Toronto and asking if, if I knew anything about sound or microphones, and the answer was... I didn't have a clue at the time. Um, I still don't really, but I know you guys have kept going, and I'm very impressed and proud of you guys that, that you've come this far. So a massive round of applause for you guys there. Fair play to you. Um, thank you, thank you, man. I, I'm the only one not wearing a hat, and I feel like I should be without hair. So uh, I'll, just, hat. I'll keep it real and let the shine bounce off my lovely bald head. That type of hat. It would be we'll, a uh, We'll crack on. It'd be a waste for you to have a hat on. You have a magnificent skull and skull. skull. Yeah, I've been told that. I mean, I've been told I was better. I'm better without the hair. So you look you like an evil genius. Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah, like you totally. A little, little geniusy. 
Yeah, as yeah. long as as long you know, as long as the buff and shine doesn't blind anybody in the home audience, we're great. We're absolutely exactly. great. I've I've sort of switched the lighting a little bit as best as possible to to make that happen, but I'm sure my my crazy eyes will affect them more than my crazy head. It really yeah, highlights your, it highlights your brain, and I can attest as uh, as a peer and and a colleague of yours, uh, having worked with you as an actor, where you are the writer and director on shows. That brain that we're looking at, like we're you're your hey, brain beautiful brain. That's a it's a solid brain that you got in there. I just well, know that. I have to I have to say I appreciate that. I think a lot of people <laughs> close to me would disagree, but um, as long as I have some people agreeing that there's something up there, I suppose I'm happy. Well, we know, uh, being an Irishman, you've killed a lot of those brain cells over the years with alcohol, but there's still a lot of plans that have been hatched out of that brain so well exactly i mean well it's like milk to us so it, it helps us if anything it gives us creativity you know i write what i drink it's more like in one ear out the other you know inspiration comes and then it's fun again Nothing yeah and i try and catch it somewhere on the way out and just been just beat some progress out of it before it gets away yeah just gotta try and catch it as it's all going out the window it's coming in it's gone and then i gotta go grab it and i get an idea from that but yeah, you said, you said earlier on the pre-show that you're out in uh, in Hamilton. So, uh, what brings you out to that part of the world, the old, the old steel town? Um, I'm out in Hamilton at the moment. I think someone's just popped on there. Um, steel town. Um, yeah, I, I essentially moved up here uh, for the for the girlfriend. Um, I was living in Toronto. She lived up here, and uh, I just transitioned over and moved over here a couple of years back. Um, it's been great, to be honest. I love it. Um, a lot of people said the Hammer Town was a bit different, but I, I, people are down to earth. It's trendy. It's up and coming. I love the place up here, to be honest. It's class. Fantastic. fantastic. Shout out to the Hammer then, I guess. Why not? Have you been Why to not? the Hammer, Bob? You must have a couple of stories from the Hammer. Oh, yeah. I, I, I worked one of the weirdest uh, gigs of my life out there. I, I was a bodyguard for um, a band who's uh, who were a bunch of kids. They were, they're, they're just like little kids who played like, 70s 80s and 90s rock covers yeah but they, and yeah the reason i had to go out there so i don't know what what part of hamilton you're familiar with but some of the people in hamilton are obviously a bit weird because i had to go out there and bodyguard these kids because they were getting threats um playing these battle of the bands other guys dads were threatening these kids like little kids because they were better than their children you know so sort of like the hockey dad syndrome but only for music contests yeah it was a weird fucking job yeah i mean look I, i've i've heard stories but Apparently, you know, that's the old Hamilton, the new Hamilton or the Hamilton I'm living in, the people, just everyone's great. Obviously, like I live downtown and there's certain things where I think, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, right. But, yeah, obviously, obviously. Any town's yeah, like that. That's though. everywhere, you know, and, and most and most of the time, uh, you know, the people here are just great. Like they, they really are. It's like if you if you came up here today, you'd you'd see that honestly, they're just great. Yeah, well, I can't I can't safely say I've been to Hamilton in fifteen years. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what it's like anymore. Well, that's exactly it. Like come up, come up now or down uh, from Toronto, and you'll see all about it. Um, it's it's a it's a good spot. There's some famous people from Hamilton, famous comedians, Martin Short. Um, Jim Carrey was from Newmarket, but he he used to say that. Um, he looked across at the Davasco steel mill here, and he said he'd be working in Hamilton if it wasn't for showbiz. So, um, yeah, it, it, good company. Eugene Levy, I think, is from Hamilton as well. So there's some some good comedians, good people from here. 
Um, I guess it pays to I guess it pays to have a sense of humor if you come from Hamilton, you know. Definitely, but the people are just like it's it, to be honest, it's only 45 minutes away from Toronto, but the people are like very different, like very grounded and fun and I don't know. It's it's I love the place, love the people. Last time we were in Hamilton, Trev and I, we were there uh, doing your stage play, Taylor. That's correct. Um, I, I wrote a play based on a web series that Lars and Trevor were both in. Um, I named the characters after those two because I knew they'd be, they'd be perfect. And uh, they, I, I promoted the web series by writing a play based off the back of that web series. So what I did was I played the first episode of the web series um, and then Lars and Trevor came back out on stage and finished the story um, in a play. And it actually went down pretty well. We did it in Toronto initially, and then we did two, two almost sold-out shows up here in Hamilton. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, I think it went down pretty well. I think the guys enjoyed being up here as well, and the, 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 uh, the audience was interesting. Did you, did you enjoy it, lads? Yeah, man, I loved it. Despite the fact that uh, two minutes into the first show, I ran to the door and split my head open and probably concussed myself. And then kind of surprised that he could remember it, but it was he'll say the, he liked it. It was one of the greatest nights of my life. It's so fun. It's such a fun script. Uh, we did it for you, Bob. Bob, you heard it one time when we were rehearsing it. We did it late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw. I remember. I remember. I actually saw some. You showed me some clips too. I think from the web series as well. But it's it's just a two hander between Trev and I, so it's just pop, 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 really quick dialogue, really funny dialogue. Essentially, Trev hires me to kill someone, but I'm not really a professional hitman, and so I botch it, and then the rest of us is, the rest of the play is us trying to figure out what to do to pick up the pieces. But in the live show, like two minutes, literally after the first scene, the lights go down in a blackout, I go to run off screen, and, uh, run off stage and then come out to start the second scene at a different entrance. And on the way out in the dark, I smoked my my uh, head. I probably, I don't know if I have a scar. Have a scar. Yeah, I think I have a scar. I don't know if that's yeah. the right side. I can't tell. But uh, I definitely have a scar. And um, it was, uh, and then we were bleeding. Uh, I was bleeding. But Imagine this happened now during COVID. That would have been, an, I mean, none of this would happen during all this, I guess. But uh, so then I come out in the next scene, but what was supposed to happen, the weird thing about it was this weird inception thing where I was supposed to be in scene two, I was supposed to be coming back from the botched assassination attempt. Right, and right. I, and yeah. I had been stabbed and I was supposed to be bleeding, except unbeknownst to the audience and sort of unbeknownst to Trev as my uh, co-star was like, I'm, I was actually injured and actually bleeding. Trevor, your perspective <laughs> is probably the best of all. But Yeah, because, I mean, here he comes out, and, he, and we have dialogue that says, like, what happened? Why are you bleeding? And, and, like, the lines are like, is that blood? What do you mean it's your blood? And, like, meanwhile, we've rehearsed it 101 times or more, and he's coming out, and, like, there's, like, wetness on his face and, like, yeah. dripping, and yeah. it's, it's going to get on me. And I'm like... I'm trying to stay on my lines. I'm and like we talked about speed. We talked about going for it. Like all my training coming back, like at me. And so I'm going for it. But on the back of my head, it's creeping ever forward. It's just, that's real. And he's bleeding out. And like he's dabbing yeah. it with his hat and stuff. And I'm like, we're going to go for it. We're going for it. And I remember. And we made the dialogue so ironically hilarious. I remember well, being backstage and 
Trevor, because I was backstage, I only had like one scene in the whole thing. It was mainly about those two guys. And Trevor and Trevor and Lars comes well, Lars comes back in and he goes, Yeah, we've got real blood. We've got real blood. Got real. And, I, and I went, what, what, what do you mean we've got real blood? What, this isn't good. I, I don't know if I've got the insurance for this shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we've got real blood. We've got real blood. And, and he goes, I'll be fine. And he just dabs the real blood on, on his prop shirt where it's meant to have prop blood. And he's just dabbing it. And he goes, I'm good. It goes back out there and, uh, of course, it just swells up. And people are like, wow, the, the effects are amazing. Like, yeah, you must have an amazing makeup department back there to get that giant bruise on his face so fucking fast. That's awesome. Yeah, well, they said the that too. Is that we had, we had a, a rehearsal shirt full of blood that had the same look to it every time. And so I knew what the blood shirt looked like. Because so when it came out and it wasn't the blood rehearsal shirt, I was like, why is there so much more blood? On right. the blood rehearsal shirt. Oh no, wait! It's you bleeding on it right now. Yeah, and I, I just, I just recall the half at half in the interval because we were doing one show and then, it, and then we had an interval of like forty-five minutes, 45 and then we were doing minutes. another show. And I recall the interval thinking, I can't send Laris back out there if he's actually in pain. And Laris, fair play to you. Trevor stitched you up, did a little job with a plaster. You put some ice on. I actually have that on video. Uh, and I'm editing it as we speak. You guys looking after each other, and then you were like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go again." I was like, "Fair play to you, you know." I can't right. wait to see that. It, yeah, I mean, well, it was. It, it was. It, well, it's a matter of the show that. must go on. I mean, I felt like an idiot. It, it was. It was what I did was unsafe. I just went too fast. The stage I, it was the first time I had performed there. The blackout was a little darker than I thought it was in um, in than than it was in rehearsal. But um, like yeah. it's dumb. But I got like I didn't feel like I was like too fucked up. <laughs> I look like I got the shit beat out of me though. It was it's people, the worst. Yeah, people are people are a lot tougher than you give them credit for. You can take a serious fucking beating and still pretty much function. I I mean I know because I've been hurt a number of times, and it's amazing what you can accomplish. Like even just on a simple job site, like I've been hit in the face with a two by four, you know, and some of the you know I mean we're talking absolutely classic like three stooges bullshit you know someone turns around with a board on their shoulder and you take it right in the face <laughs> and end up like laying down on the floor for a little while going oh, fucking like wondering whether or not you're gonna spit chiclets but after a few minutes you know you get back up and it's like all right fine you go back to work even though your lip is all split and you look like a fucking freak but you're okay you know it, it's adrenaline at that point i remember that's a good point bob because lars his adrenaline was just pumping and even though his face was was pretty bad. I mean, it was almost, was it to the bone? Was it almost? Oh to yeah, the bone? it was to the, it was to, it was definitely to the bone. It was, it was to the, I don't know where I feel. I wish I could see it. I can't what? tell. Cause like right through the scene in the first one, it was the, the welt was raising out of the side of his head. It went from like being nothing to me being able to like see something. The contour? Yeah. It was, a, it was a I goose egg. Maybe, it grow. Yeah. It, it was like here and here. And growing throughout the uh, the performance too, that's and so like fear. that's so much to fear. me, it felt throbbing. Every time, every time someone talks about that, that triggers the same memory of this guy at work falling down the front stairs, and at the Monarch, and we had these really thick wooden doors at the Monarch, like maybe an inch and a half, two inches thick, and he hit the door with his head, and he's a bald guy, sort of like you, Chris, only much less attractive and intelligent. Anyway, no, <laughs> oh, no welcome, no welcome. He smashes out of this door, and at first I thought he was dead. Like, he was half in, half out the door, and his feet are doing that, like, you know, that little twitchy, like, and I'm like, oh, oh no. 
brain injury, but he came around and was okay. He was sitting at the bottom of the stairs. And while I was watching and the motherfucker turned into a unicorn, like right there in the center of his forehead, it was a little red spot. Then it went. (laughs) (laughs) So literally it stood out like almost two inches off his fucking head. Like he was a unicorn, you know? And man, from that point, that same guy is a friend of my, he's a friend of my staff. He's a friend of the bar. So whenever he comes in now, I, have to, I just sort of follow him around. When he's, when he's like, oh, I think I'm going to leave. I'm like, okay. And I just sort of conveniently end up in the staircase in front of him, walking very slowly. Because I figure I fill the whole stairwell. And if he falls, he'll just hit me. And that's not so bad. <laughs> we should I'm also- I thought he was going to die. I really did. I thought he was doing- He sat there for 20 minutes, like on the bottom step, sort of weaving in and out of consciousness. And then finally my buddy drove him to the hospital. He had a concussion, but he wasn't like that fucked up. But yeah, I'm I'm serious. Like he had a fucking he had a horn, and yeah. I was well. Every time someone mentions like a black eye, and I've seen a few of those in my time too, but I've never. That was the one time I saw a massive contusion. You know, like it was definitely like. Yeah, I I recall a story when I was younger. Actually, I was about fifteen, sixteen, and I remember I was in school, and one of my friends' brother got in a fight. He was a year above us in school, and he got in a fight with someone right. a year above him. And they went, what happened was, it was mob mentality. You went to a room to watch this fight that was going to happen. And uh, it was pretty, pretty horrible, right? So we went, and what first thing first was the guy who was older than him, my friend's brother, the guy who was older than him, held out his hand to shake his hand and said, listen, we're not going to fight. It's okay. No worries. And as soon as he held out his hand, he swung him and hit him in the face right there. The guy went back, fell over, was out. I wasn't in the room at the time, but I heard this story. And uh, I remember seeing him like the next day and his face, his whole face on one side was out to here. And that was when I knew, listen, I don't want to be getting in any fights. I don't want to be getting hit because it was just, it was just huge. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen, I've seen a lot, man. I've seen some shit that would just, I don't know. If I didn't well, you're have a, a bouncer. Stomach, so, I didn't have a stronger actually, stomach. If I didn't have a stronger stomach. I don't know how I do the job that I have. I've seen some fucking horrifying shit. So you just don't unsee. You know, the kind of injuries where it's like, wow, that's really crazy. That's just crazy. And you think to yourself, I haven't seen anything that crazy. You probably never will. And then like two weeks later, you see something else. You're like, nope, that was fucking crazier. And it just sort of goes like that. Your whole career turns into a series of milestones of, wow, that's fucking crazy. And the last fucking thing I fucking saw. Well, you know what? I was talking to a friend of mine who's a, a bouncer up here and he stopped doing it. And I asked him why he stopped. And he said, it's because... People, you know, it's a bit dodgy in some of the areas that he works in. And then it's not the fact that something kicks off straight away. It's the fact that someone gets pissed off enough that they say, you know, I'll be back. And then yeah. they go away and he has to fucking think about that the next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get to this weird state. You get to this weird state where, you know, I guess most people in their daily lives would take death threats really seriously. Like if someone just walked, if you were at like, you know, Becker's or something, buying a fucking quart of milk and a pack of smokes and some fucker walked up to you and was like, I'll fucking kill you. You'd be kind of like, you'd be weirded out. Yeah. The thing is, bouncers, bouncers, we hear that shit like two or three times a week. You know, someone's, and you never know. I mean, and it's true. Guys have come back. I mean, I'm still here. So obviously that was kind of a hollow threat, but guys have come back. So yeah, it, it does. It rests on your mind. You do have to, you get to develop this sort of mentality of like living for the day. Jesus. You know? It's, it's, it can be very strange. It can be very weird, strange. It's, it's kind of a weird thing to say, like to step up and be like, 
you better watch it, buddy. I'm gonna fucking kill you. And to not come back, like if you're gonna say that, you need to come back and kill the guy, right? Well, yeah, like, except, except that's the thing, Lars. Nine out of 10 fucking times, the guy, you know, the, the reason he says it is because three giant dudes have just picked him up and <laughs> tossed him out the door. Right. He's right. totally impotent. He has no power whatsoever to do it. But he has to he has to try and save face somehow. He's got to be tough on the way out the door. So he's like, you're fucking dead, man. You're, all, you're fucking dead. And then he, like, runs down the street. You're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. You know? It's the same guys that always yell, my dad's a lawyer. You're fucking dead. He's going to sue your ass. No, no, those are that's a different type of guy. Same, same attitude, but I know exactly that that's the type too. You don't know who my father is. He works for important people. Turns out the guy owns like a used Buick dealership in like Minnesota or something. It's like a oh, fuck yourself. I don't care who your dad works for. Yeah, you know who my think- dad works. You know, you know who my dad works for? He's self-employed. You're in trouble, boys. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? That shit's so fucking petty. I was writing some content for our, for our, our. our web page and stuff and i a lot of the sayings and, and isms i use there are just thoughts that run through my head on a constant basis while i'm at work like one of them is one of the thoughts i have all the time is when people say out loud to me do you know who i am what <laughs> i always what i always hear instead is don't you know who i think i am like i automatically edit that because yeah i know who you are you're some loudmouth drunken bozo at my bar who's two seconds away from earning the, you know, an hour or two in traction a day, you know, to straighten out that spinal problem I've given you. That's who you are. You're nobody, really. Do people still say that shit? Like, in my head, oh, yeah. that was something oh, yeah. like 20 years ago that people would say. And if you say it, you, you just must, you're gonna, everyone's going to look at you like you're a fool. But people <laughs> still say that. Right. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. I follow you on Instagram, buddy. You fucking, I see you all the time. I tag you. It's in like, it. yeah, yeah. It's like having, it's like having a vanity license plate or something. That's an inside joke. You're just a tool. It's one of those, it's one of those key signs. You're probably a douchebag. You know? Yeah. I, it like just seems lot- like something someone would say in a movie or something. I'm, if someone said that, I'd be like, oh, they, where's Ashton? We're getting punked. What's going on? This must yeah. be a reality TV show because it's ridiculous. Like it's too yeah, cliche. No. Too cliche of a thing to say. I saw a, I saw a, a promo for Masterclass and the writer Aaron Sorkin, who, what do you write? The Facebook movie and he writes... Uh, a Few Good Men, I think. Yeah, maybe, does he write West Wing or yes. new, that yeah. the new show or whatever? Uh, his thing was, it was a very, sni- it was a short snippet and he was like, no one in real life ever starts a sentence with, damn it. <laughs> that was his writing tip. It was like, no one ever says, damn it, to start a sentence. I was like, okay. oh, Damn it? Yeah, How am just, I going to figure just, out the rest of my novel? I don't it. even use that word. Right. Just, it'd be just fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just go to the good stuff. Just, just right, take the hard stuff down off the shelf right away. Just fuck it. Yeah, right fuck. away. Speaking of hard stuff, Bob, are you drinking whiskey out of the bottle? I am, yes. I have to respect you for that. That's... I, yeah, I often do. I mean, I, I have a cocktail going on as well, but I was sort of like, you know, fuck it. I'll just drink the last of it out of the bottle because I don't feel like mixing any more beverages. Let's raise it up. Uh, let's have a toast here, everybody. Raise them up to the center here. Raise them up. Uh, I mean, it's a cup of tea. We'll be cheersing uh, Big Bob bourbon and Big Bob beer, but until then... Uh, right, Mr. right. Uh, 
for listeners and viewers are one of our goals here. We're, we're working on a beer sponsor and a hard liquor sponsor. And we'd like to brand it Big Bob Beer and Big Bob Bourbon. So we're looking we got for names. We got names. They're coming for you. I got uh, for you, breweries. I'm working with some Canadian club. As you guys know, I don't normally drink on the shows very often. A lot of times I'm no, water. No, actually. It's... This is like the birthday podcast show. I'm a little offended, Chris, that you're drinking. I was going to say, I should just should I just get a whiskey? I'm going to get one. I'm going to get I one. actually got whiskey because I was like, get oh. one. Just I was like Chris will probably have whiskey, so I'll be able to connect with uh, Irish Chris. Trev, yeah. who knows what Trev, Trev, any given day, you could have, who knows, you could have gin, you could have vodka, you could have whiskey, you could have bourbon, you could have... Woodford. Nice. Yes, oh, yes, yes. This is, uh, yeah, this, we should, we should go back. We should take a couple minutes for some nostalgic, uh, some, some thoughts on the uh, 39th episode. We always thought about, uh, yeah, raise them up. Here we go. Cheers them up. Cheers them up. Both, thank you, both, sir. Both thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the viewers. Sheps, our, uh, our new super fan. He's president of the fan club. That's right. We'll hop him on later. We got Mike Pearson in the house. We'll have Mike on later. Well. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Um, uh, did, um, so this is your 39th one. And I know you guys started this. And I remember when you did. I think I was working in Toronto in the bar. How... How did you guys meet Bob, or have you been through that story? You must have been through it a million times. Well, this we is have, a, but this it's is a great a story. Episode, so go ahead. Who needs? How about to, some nostalgia? Give me, give me a short-ish version of it if you want. We, we were all cast in a Princess Bride live theater slash, uh, very much like like Taylor, like your show, where it was multimedia. It was called the Movie Experience with a show called Secret Sessions. Right. And they did Princess Bride where they would show the movie and then the movie would pause and then live actors would come out and, and act the scenes exactly like in the movie. Trev was, uh, Trev was the lead. Um, I'm spacing on his name right now. Uh, the Dread Pirate. Yeah, Wesley and Dread Pirates. Uh, Bob obviously was Fezzik and I played um, Miracle, Miracle Max. Max. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in like old. Miracle Man. Old man. Yeah, yeah, Bob was, was the princess, Bob. obviously. Yeah, that's right. You should have seen the dresses they made for me. It was you should have seen the scenes when we were rehearsing. Ooh la la. Hot stuff. And, oh, and so, uh, oh, shout out uh, New York's in the house. We'll get to uh, New York here. Uh, my brother Chris. Well, what? Uh, just popped on there. We'll bring it back on. Uh, we'll, get a, we'll get a report. Welcome. Welcome. Raise them up. Toast them up here. Thank you. If this was if this if this was a live show at a bar like uh, back in the day at thirty nine uh, at um, eighteen thirty, we'd all be cheers in and drinking. Yes, social distance. Yeah, yeah social distance. So, so yeah, I've got I've got a nostalgic thought. It was really funny when we first started this project off. I was kind of a babe in the woods with the whole thing. I guess in many respects I still am, but that's not really an issue now here and there. But uh, I remember getting involved with these guys and thinking, man, I'm in a bit over my head here. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just going to tell stories and talk to people. And I guess I'm pretty good at that. So we'll just carry on and see the best we can do with it. Right. But as we did more and more and more episodes, I just, I started finding myself, you know, none of that even mattered anymore. I was just having such a good fucking time, you know, telling these stories, parting with these guys, sharing the world of my own personal madness with everyone in, in, in the interworld. And just kind of really growing, growing accustomed and acclimatized to once a week having this kind of soapbox bandstand testimonials of our drunken, fucked up, you know, afterworld dark side lives. And I thought, that's really cool. You know, and discussions have gone from 
you know, from the most vanilla subjects you can possibly imagine to like, you know, Taiwanese enema products purchased by our strange friends abroad and stuff like this. It's just, it's everything and it's everything and it's everywhere, you know, and it's, I, it, I hate to say that because it sounds so cliched, but it's got, it's got a little bit of something for anybody who has a little bit of fun in their soul. You know, you've ever been out and had a few too many to drink or talk to a fucking buddy, but all oh, that time we got that high and, you know, and those conversations happen all the time, but it's great to sort of share this as a collective, you know, to have this like tapped into this social network of people who are all kind of sharing these moments together. I think that's pretty neat. That's kind of a unique thing that this, that these times have allowed us. So that's what I think about when, when asked like nostalgically to think back on the 39 episodes that we've done and all the work we've put into it. For me, it's just a fantastic expression of self and a, and a free a freeing uh, environment to share all these ideas so i think that's really cool and it, that's uh, yeah anyway so that's what i think about i personally think I, I would second that but i would also say that you guys started a podcast before everyone decided to start a podcast during the pandemic Do you know yeah. what i mean a year ago you guys had to put the work in when it might have not been a popular or trendy thing to do i mean it was pretty oh popular, my god it's but it wasn't now, really what it is the, now yeah I never, th I never thought of that until right now when you bring that up that like, Oh, you started, let me guess you started your podcast during the pandemic. Like we, we were doing podcasts before everyone was sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before everyone got, was born enough to just do their own thing. What, right? a dubious, no, this is, what a dubious this, fucking milestone that is like, is, yeah, we're pre COVID trendy motherfuckers. Like that's right. awesome. Right. Um, I always think it's just for me, it's interesting with projects like this to think back like the inception and how the form changes like it. Bob's just started telling us stories before and after rehearsals. And then Trevor and I were like, man, we should turn this into some kind of series. But then we started to have writers meetings. But uh, oh, Trevor's pictures. pictures. That's me yeah. as Miracle Max. Wow. Jeez, look at you. Yeah. Just gonna, we're just going to shout out to this uh, mid-story here. I, I Benjamin buttoned uh, back uh, reverse. I've aged well. I hope so, because if that's you, you don't look great there, mate. You look like you're <laughs> sleepless nights. They did an amazing makeup job. Uh, that scene was so fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, just <laughs> then we, we, started, we started doing these as um, – We've, we wanted to figure out a way to flush out all of Bob's crazy stories. So we started to just meet at the bar. We actually met at, uh, what's it called? Jack, um, what's it called? It's the bar, Trev, where we first- Jasper Dandies? Jasper oh, Dandies. Jasper yeah, Dandies. Jasper closed Dandies. now, isn't it? Who knows if it would be, even be open after this. But, I, think it, um, is it not, I think it was closed anyway. I think it's closed down. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah, but so yeah. we started there. And, and so we would be like, tell us the crazy story about a drunken disorderly. And Bob would start going and we would record it on our phone and then um, take notes, and then immediately we're like, what are we doing? This is a podcast <laughs> right now. So then we just started yeah. podcasting. We did a couple at uh, Laughing Vikings. The very, remember the very first one we did was in the middle of a crazy blizzard, and we almost canceled it because we were like, this is dumb. Everything's closed down. We still and have the event on Facebook. Like, it's an event that uh, doesn't exist anymore, and uh, it says, like, hey, like, there's a crazy blizzard out there, but we're still going ahead. So, like, shout out to us for keeping it going ahead. Right. No, I remember that. I, I remember I remember coming in for the podcast and thinking, holy shit, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get out of here. It was like I took a cab partway through this, like, fucking two feet of snow and, like, slush up to my ankle and shit. This is nuts. I just remember yeah, thinking, I remember thinking, if we don't do it, I don't know when we're ever going to do it because we had to wrangle all of us 
plus a yeah. cameraman, a sound guy, a, a few audience members. So I was like, if we don't start this tonight, I don't know if we're ever going to start it. We need to do where, it. Where was, so I went to a, a comedy show with Lars. Um, that was one of the episodes. That wasn't one of the first, was it? Uh, that, that was pretty early on. That was number three. We started, uh, we did two at Laughing Vikings, then we went to 1830 down, downtown Toronto. It's 1830, that's did, where I was. We did like 21 or 22, and then we did back at Laughing Vikings, and then we've done like number 32 on in uh, isolation or whatever this is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, okay, it's, and then, uh, what, go ahead. Comes flashing pictures here. That's I'm going nostalgia. So speaking of nostalgia, this is us on the red carpet one year at TIFF, and uh, we were getting it all hyped up, and we were, it was stay tuned at the time. Oh, yeah, all we had right there was like that picture on our Instagram profile. I remember. That was everywhere. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Finally, we have content. Like, it's a yeah. thing, <laughs> you know? Um, I actually, I remember that party really vividly, too. I remember going to this party and being like, oh, I'm going to a TIFF party. What the fuck's this going to be like? And we went in, and we, I started strolling around and just immediately walking up to random people and just kicking off conversations. And within 10 or 15 minutes, I was standing in this like group of total strangers, like 15 people standing around, just shooting the breeze. And I was like, this is great. Who are these people? And Lars is like, do you know who these people are? I'm like, I have no idea who I'm talking to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what's going on. Oh, and that party is like the mixing of mixology, of, of mixing, party mixing. Like, like you said, you'll be surrounded all of a sudden with 10 people. And like, imagine that now. Jesus. Like, Where was it? Where was the party? Citizen. Yeah, at the Citizen, and it's uh, old field, um, old field agencies, young filmmakers party. So it's like all up and coming actors and filmmakers, uh, mostly a lot of locals, like mostly Toronto people. But it's you go, and then it's just everyone that you've worked on stuff, everyone you see in audition rooms, cast crews, and everyone's partying and having yeah, fun. Yeah, it was really cool. That was really cool night. And it's packed. It's during TIFF. And it yeah. probably isn't going to happen this year. So yeah, it, I mean, no, it's not. I mean, uh, yeah, I remember. I remember going to a party when I first came over here for TIFF 2016 or 17. I can't remember. And it was just great. Like it was, it was just the energy surrounding TIFF every year. It's definitely one of the world's best film festivals, I think, because all the bars fill up all around it. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of festivals around the world, they kind of keep it contained to its own little area. Yeah, the Monarch, the Monarch Tavern where I work uh, downtown at College in uh, Clinton, they very rare, very often during TIFF, we get our uh, extended license. So we yep. stay open until 4 a.m. and fucking, you know, party hard through the entire TIFF season. And that's pretty cool, too. We were, when I was working uh, during one of the, one of, one of the TIFFs, um, same thing, extended license, you know. And if you're giving the city an extended license, then you're, 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 you're broadening the party, you know what I mean? So it's... It's pretty cool. I mean, Most cities definitely don't do that. Part part of me kind of hates extended license. I actually kind of despise it, and it's not for any any particular reason except that I think I think that uh, I think that Toronto has a really immature drinking culture, and most people just can't handle those extra those extra hours. They just can't. They're too fucked up when they get there already. Let alone, you know, drinking till four. They just can't handle it. It's like St. Patrick's Day all over again. Yeah. Oh Christ. The four, the four worst fucking days for a bouncer are St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, New Year's, and fucking, um, what's the other one that's really shit? Did Halloween. you say Halloween? 
said yeah, Halloween. Yeah, I said Halloween, St. Patrick's Day, New Year's. And I don't know. There's one of the days that's usually pretty bad. I can't remember what it is. Like, it's right, it's right near when everyone goes back to school. Like, the weekend before all the college kids go back in is usually a piece of shit, too. Whereas for bartenders, it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, you serve up all the drinks, and then the bouncers have to deal with all the problems. <laughs> Scrape the assholes off the fucking floor, yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's not even that, though. It's not even that. It's the attitudes that people have because of the holidays. Like, for example, on Halloween, everyone dresses up, and it makes them think they're somebody else. Like, they're incognito or something, and they can do whatever they want because no one's going to know them, right? That's right. And on, and on, and on St. Patrick's Day, everyone has this idiotic belief that they've all become, you know, alcohol drinking superstars all of a sudden. They can handle their body weight in, in tequila no matter what the fuck's going on, and that's not true. And then New Year's, it's like they people get this license to to be arrogant assholes. Like, well, can't you see I put my suit on and I want to drink champagne until I puke in the cab? Like, fuck you, pal. You know what I mean? It's just arrogance, right? Yeah, no, those definitely are three of the uh three of the amateur error nights. Absolutely, man. That's exactly that's a great way to describe it. I use that my I use that term a lot myself. Amateur hour. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is such bullshit. Like, please just fuck right off. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that Paddy's Day was cancelled over here, though, like, this year. Yeah. It was literally locked down the day before St. Patrick's Day, and I was like, oh. Yeah. I was devastated. Yeah. Well, there was, but a, lot, it there was a lot of stories saying that the Irish didn't, but they weren't going to care. They were going to, it was... Well, the Irish, the Irish were one of the first to do it. So, like, what happened was when I saw in Ireland someone posted the thing of Temple Bar that showed people were still in the pubs, and then there was another picture the next day. The pubs were empty because... They, they they locked down the pubs. They closed all the pubs, and that's yeah. when I knew if you're closing the pubs in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you're closing you're closing the it pubs is, in the world for St. Patrick's Day. It is getting crazy. I mean? yeah. That's right. It's as serious as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's basically the litmus test that guarantees whether or not you're going to be open or not for sure. I knew. I knew when I saw that. I was like, "We're all done. We're all done. We're closing up." Yeah, yeah, what's Ireland doing? The Irish close the pubs, and then you look to the, your right, and then there's just the four horsemen trotting by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much like that. And speaking of closed pubs, that one, that one down below you, like when I first came to um, to to Toronto, when I first moved to um, Canada, that was a pub, like a bar I used to go to late at night on the weekends. I used to go there all the time. I remember my mate works there, and I worked in a pub down the road. And uh, yeah, it's it was it was mad. It was busy all the time, and it's a shame they opened the second place and they struggled a bit. And now this one's just closed. You yeah, know? you're you're speaking of prohibition gastro pub right beneath me at Laughing Vikings, which is like Queen Queen and Broadview in Toronto. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great place. The food was great. It was really good vibes. Trevor, like they they always did a great job on sporting events. Like everything about it was good. And Late night they, was they, good as they well. were really great at retrofitting themselves for any occasion, really. And like they had curtains that they would section off right. the place, their lighting yeah. would change, they had TVs. Like they even had a, a portion of the time where you could download an app and like play music videos, like old music videos on the TV, like nostalgia stuff like that. So, but yeah, then it was, it was a club on the weekends. Like it was, it was, it was, it was interesting. It, it was a good small bar y club place on the weekend to go in the east end of Toronto. Like it was one of those places that like. You'd be well, like, it's Friday night, we'll, we'll probably like, end yeah. up there, you know? Yeah, it's nine, ten years by now. And I moved, well, maybe more. When I, I moved here, you know, six, seven years ago to this neighborhood, and it was here, and it was it had been here for 
one of the longest serving bars. Like everyone pointed to it as a, as an example of how to maintain a business. Yeah, it was there for quite a while because I lived in that neighborhood twenty years ago, um, just over on Salter Street, the other side of the Opera right. House. There, um, I live. So I, I also know that neighborhood quite well. I grew up in that area in, in East Toronto. That was one of my that was my childhood haunt all the way around through that neighborhood. And uh, they weren't always there, but they were they were definitely there for a good 10, 15 years, easy. And yeah. I respect the uh, conviction and efficiency with which they chose to uh, pull shoot and just be done. Like, they didn't waste any time. They were just like, oh, we're going to be closed for we don't know how long. We're done. Like, he was just like, I'm not going to bleed money. Well, that, yeah, that, that is the thing in the back of my mind that's like, maybe there's a chance that, like, when everything gets back going, there's subsidies for businesses that can prove they didn't lose enough and that they can start up again. So maybe that he pulled out early means he can start up again. Who knows? I feel, I mean, I'm not that level of businessman, but I feel like he just takes that company, declares bankruptcy or does whatever he does to fold it. And then he starts a new one and starts a new venture when he's able to somewhere else. If that's a thing yeah. or it goes into another business. I saw him one, I saw him one day and he was like, yeah, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna bleed money. So we'll see what's next. Like it sucks, but Whatever I had to Do you guys remember the bar and um, that small little speakeasy sort of bar up the road that's now a comedy club? What was yeah. it called? It was Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. Oh, Bill, it Bill was Hicks. Bill Hicks Bar, which is a famous comedian, beloved comedian, and it wasn't a comedy club, but it was this super cool bar, really uh, eclectic, narrow stairs up to the top, tiki bar inside, retro. Uh, tabletop video game like pac-man game and it was like yes. red and like 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 glazed over white lights everywhere like small lights like it was that weird Al lighting. album album covers kind of like trev's backdrop there but album covers everywhere music a little bit of comedy i don't think i have i don't think i ever went in there where what what and block was that on it's basically queen, taking queen, up half the joint queen and queen and booth i think it was Basically and across was, from Leslieville, Leslieville Pumps area, yeah. right, right by uh, Queen, Queen and Carla. Carla. Now yeah. it's uh, okay. now oh, it's yeah. corner now it's corner comedy club. Shout out to Joe uh, Corner Comedy. Joe has two locations. I don't know his status, but uh, Corner Comedy has one right downtown where um, where the old um, Speaker's Corner was, right by Queen and John. Right. Some of the best right. uh, best comedy shows. Paul Thompson, one of our past guests, does a lot of shows there. And Very funny. Very funny. Thing. And then, uh, yeah, he had this location. Super cool. I, I lived in a house full of Irish lads, um, literally around the corner from that. And it would be... Yeah, just near Queen and Carla, Eastern and Carla. The, the Irish house, as we might call it, because yeah. I was there probably... You invited me to a barbecue there, and I got there, and I went... Yeah, I was here about two and a half, three years ago, and it was all Irish lads. Yeah, you had, you, you had like a like a drunk recollection, and yeah, because I went to the St. Patty's Day there with my bartender Rory, and he was like, "Oh, come over to my gaff, we'll show you, we'll show you how to fucking do it." And so. so yeah, Rory was there before <laughs> I was there. It was basically a yeah. house five, six, seven years ago that Irish lads came in. And we've been grandfathered in. Um, I'm not there anymore. Obviously, I'm in Hamilton. But um, the lads have been grandfathered in, Irish lads. And I remember I was grandfathered in, and it was like four Irish lads. And then eventually, some Irish lads would leave, and more Irish lads would come in. And it'd be a house of four or five Irish lads at all times. And uh, Bill Hicks' bar was around the corner. And I remember going oh, into yeah. Bill Hicks um, and sitting at the bar and 
Teddy, I think his name was, was serving me, and he just makes up the prices. He just pops <laughs> the bottle off, and he goes, "That'll be two seventy six. You know what I mean? Just makes it up. And um, he'd give me a beer, and he was he was sound. And then I remember uh, one of my uh, my ex employers came in and said, "Here, does anyone want a job? I hear someone's looking for a job." Like and he got me work, like literally within six seven days, and that's how I stayed. Because if I hadn't got work, um, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to to stay on. And so Bill Hicks. Being there at the right place at the right time kind of saved me, really, I suppose. It was like that, too. It was a bit of a hub spot. Like, you would go there either at the beginning of the night or at the end of the night and see what the crack was and see who was Definitely. doing what. He used to bartend with his shirt off as well. Like, he'd be just, he, like, his, his top. His bartending was, uh, uh, yeah, unorthodox, to say the least. Yeah, he was, a, he was a bit of a legend around town anyway, from, from my memory. <laughs> My favorite thing about it is you would never know when it would be open. You would go there and it never. would be locked or it would be open. Every once and in a while, in. there'd be like a sign on the door that would be like, gone till August. And you'd be like, okay, I'll, let's check back in August. And yeah. It was, yeah. I think that's how it was. It felt like a secret eventually. party. Like, yeah, like, oh, we found something. Like, ooh. Right. Yeah. It always felt like you were somewhere that was closed, but in a cool way. Like you were the right, VIP right. and it was kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be a personal edge to it. That family touch. Well, almost. And I think, I think he was notorious for locking the door. Right. So well, it uh, always, after two. it always had an after party vibe, uh, which is um, interesting because if you're listening or watching the show, something that we're, uh, we're going to start doing is uh, Bob's going to put out some written word. We're going to put some survival tips and some guides and some, little mini courses. It's like Big Bob University. Uh, why don't you tell us about the one that uh, you're posting? It's, it's not on the site yet, but if you're watching this live, but if you're listening to this, uh, you get it. Just, you will figure it out. Go ahead, Bob. Okay, so w once we get sorted out, piloting the TARDIS back and forth through our alternate timelines, those of you at home will be able to check out the website and find some of the written work that I'm putting up. Essentially, I'm giving you the bar still a bachelor's degree in any one of, one of a number of fields. Um, I, I'm willing to discuss just about anything, but I've been talking about uh, survival tips, just basically dark side etiquette for going to booze cans, enjoying yourself, having a good time. Also, a little bit of a tips and pointers guide for you know, fisticuffs and, and violence, how to survive that as well. Um, I, I'm calling the series so far just a working title, the, uh, the 39DD Survival Guide series. Um, you know, and, and it'll, it'll cover every single topic that I think is, is pertinent to enjoying the nightlife and to enjoying the, the I guess, the, the, the shadier elements of, of urban living, you know? I'll, I'll tease a few of these, but, uh, of course, if you're watching or listening this, go to uh, hook us up on Facebook or on Instagram, and it'll be the link. The link will be in the bio. The tip number one, tips to survive the after party, the dark side. The doorman is your al ally. Be nice. It pays dividends. I like yep. it. Simple shit like that, you know? Uh, then there's another one. You will see things in the gloom that will surprise you. Well, yeah, that's a fact. You don't get stories like mine without seeing a few things in the shade just drifting by that kind of either haunt you or surprise you. You know what I mean? So trust me, you will. If the party gets raided, do not panic. Just leave. Not a crime to be there. <laughs> I like that one. It's true. I don't know how many times I've seen people, they see the cops, they freak out, oh my God, the cops are here, the cops are here, the cops are here. I'm like, yeah, just go. 
And tip number 39, I'm t- again, we're just teasing a few. You want all 39 of these, you got to go to the websites and you can download Bob's guide, these survival tips, and keep looking out for these too. Uh, it says, overindulgence often ends in humiliation in the early morning streets. Mm. That's wise right there. That, that is very wise. I've, I've probably lived through that. Have you had some humiliating morning street moments that you want to share? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. Like definitely, I've I've got too many to probably to probably think of. You know, it's early morning and uh, you're chatting to someone about setting up a business, and then you hear the birds chirp and you realize this is all nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, my absolute right. favorite shit is you're standing on the street corner and you've still got that can of beer in your hand. You're taking that last slug out of it, like it's the most natural thing in the world, and you look down. And there are like school children in their uniforms standing next to you, looking up at you as you weeble and wobble on the corner. And you realize it's like nine o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday and you really shouldn't be where you are. You know, it's just like, uh oh, a Tuesday as well. It's it Tuesday, like not not the beginning of the week, just sort of the middle beginning, the worst yeah. day. Yeah. Or also, you know, you, you fall asleep drunk on the streetcar or something. And you wake up and it's just packed with people going to work and you're just trying to get home to throw up and fall asleep. Yeah. That's the weirdest. And you think you immediately think that everyone is watching you. They all know somehow. But maybe that's just because you're way too high and sketchy. And you're like, oh, everyone knows. And you're like, you know, they just have freaking yeah. out. That's what I mean by that. Those shameful morning moments. I also I woke up to the- I, Yeah, I always used to try to run home for the birds. Like I used to live in North Toronto and you'd be running you'd be leaving the, the party at 3 30 or something and you're, you're like running home and, and like you're on the, the fifth block and you're just like tweet 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 and you're like no i feel like i don't yeah. i feel like every guy's had a phase in his life where he's just decided to run home from a party because <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't even want to be in bed you just want to have slept and wake up the next day right. you just want to have erased it from your brain men in black style you know what i mean it just Gone. Yeah, you go well, home, pop out your pocket neuralizer, and just cook off what's last, what's left of your brain cells because you're done with it. Yeah. So this uh, this podcast obviously started out um, uh, a long time ago, and this is episode 39 now. But um, it started just as Bob's stories. It was basically me and Trev asking questions about Bob's life and then Bob telling us details and we would just marvel at the outrageousness of it. And then we've evolved a little bit. People were always like, well, what happens at 39? And it was never a plan that Bob only ever had 39 stories, but he did technically only have 39 drunken disorderlies. But for every drunken disorderly charge that he has had, he's had the, the rest of the iceberg below in crazy stories. Yeah. Um, so it was never our intention to only have 39 of them, but the 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 uh, the name 39 Drunken Disorderly was kind of catchy. But we always thought we were like, we want to have guests on to, and have them tell their crazy fucked up stories. So was there anything in particular that you wanted to highlight? I know you've sort of told some of them, but um, Chris? Uh, yeah, I suppose there's a couple. I mean, when I first thought about this coming on, I was thinking, what stories do I have? And there are a few. And there's a few that, that have to just be buried um, deep down for the sake of people I know. So well, I've, and for yourself, just to move on. 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty honest and open. I'll talk about pretty much about anything. Uh, it's just the, I'm, in my head, I was like, oh, because that connects to that person. I'll just yeah, bury I mean, these, these names have all been altered for the sake of anonymity. And we're just trying to protect. I often say this disclaimer occasionally during the stories. I'm like, you know, I never promised that all these stories were true just in case. You know, because frankly, like some of the things I have talked about are pretty outrageous and could still almost, you know, be considered yeah. crimes. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, maybe I should talk about that in third persons if it was actually there. If everyone digs deep enough, they've all got skeletons in their closet. I'm pretty honest about them. I just don't want to lift the vault up on any of my mates. But there's a couple of stories I have that are not as crazy, but I thought were quite interesting. And I, uh, I recalled one night specifically in Dublin when I was um, a young pup. I was about 19 years old. And uh, I remember... Um, driving into town with a friend of mine and we'd sort of tried to round up about four or five people to come out in the night out with us and no one none of the key players had stepped up and it was just the two of us and I remember thinking this guy who was, who was a friend of mine I remember thinking he's a bit of a loose cannon but uh, I thought you know what we're in it together I'm with him we're going in and we, we queued up to a pretty swanky club and when we got to the top of the queue Bob will attest this sometimes people just don't look right no. um, and it wasn't me that looked wrong. Apparently, he didn't look right. It was, it was, he looked a bit sketchy and he was, he just, I don't know what it was. Um, I think maybe he was wearing tracksuit top or something. He just wasn't allowed in. So the bouncer told him to stand aside. And I remember uh, knowing that that could be a trigger in his mind. And my friend didn't, didn't, didn't push the bouncer or do anything. But Bob, I mean, what would happen if someone sort of just put their hand on you? I'd probably break their fingers. There you go. So my friend, <laughs> so my friend just sort of put his hand out on him and goes, okay, okay, I'm leaving. But just wanted to like make sure he, the bouncer knew he was there. And I was thinking, oh, fucking hell, here we go. Bouncer picked him up, chucked him onto the ground in the street. He slid along the ground, almost like a cartoon. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I picked my mate up off the ground and I go, listen, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like, let's just go home let's it's a write-off let's move on so we get in a taxi and in the front seat of the taxi is the taxi driver and my friend i'm in the back thinking i'm kind of happy this night's over to be honest but not not in that way uh and my mate's just talking in the front seat of the taxi driver just going ranting and raving we're only a block or two down and my mate's going look you know that bouncer he shouldn't have thrown me on the ground you know right to do that and uh of course, the taxi driver I'm thinking is going to go, you know, kick us out of the taxi um, or, calm, or calm my friend down. Instead, the taxi driver turns to my friend and says, you go get him. You oh, shit. <laughs> so he pulls up at the lights, tells my friend to go get him. My friend gets out of the car. I go, thanks a million, buddy. Cheers for that. You're not getting a fucking tip. You know what I mean? I give him a five or a ten or whatever it is. I get out. We're on our way back. And I'm just following my friend who's just on a mission. He walks, he walks straight into a convenience store, as you guys call it over here. I just call it the shop. Grabs a six-pack of eggs. And I'm thinking, oh, oh fucking hell, what? Not even going to, what's he going to do here? We walk up to the, to, the, to the queue and I say, listen, mate, I, I'm not with you here, but I, I'm loyal, so I'll stay. If you're going to do it, just, just fucking do it. Just keep me out of it, right? And I thought he was going to throw the eggs over the top of the queue and hit the bouncer or something. Walks past the queue, 
straight to the top and just throws the entire thing of eggs at the bouncer. Hits the bouncer. My friend goes running and I'm thinking, oh shit, he's fucked up here. I start running. I look back and my friend, once again, flat in his face, trips like a cartoon, falls <laughs> flat in his face and starts sliding. Bouncer grabs his jacket, pulls it off him. My mate wriggles away and makes it, books it to me. And we get in a taxi <laughs> and it's the same taxi driver as picked us up before. He just done a little loop around the city, picked us up. It was the exact same taxi driver. And I was like, thanks a million for that, mate. You just got us into more trouble. So that's one of my drunken disorderly stories. It's a bit tame, but uh, it's just one that I remember. That's, specifically. I love that. That's great. That's yeah, some great images that would be uh, sliding. It's true. And, it's, and the thing is, it was all true. Um, I think he was an asshole for doing that to the bouncer because... Um, you know, the bouncer didn't really do anything wrong. The bouncer may have not liked the look of him, but, uh, you know, I, I, if you're with your mate, you kind of just stick with them, you know what I mean? And I did that. He, you know, at the end of the day, he's a good lad. He just, he has a bit of a switch. And uh, I haven't seen him in a few years, unfortunately, but yeah. I love that your cabbie just decided, like, fucking yeah. do it. I'll be the getaway driver. <laughs> yeah, just do him. Just do him. It's okay. I'm sure you'll get away yeah, with just it. Just go get him. You go get him. And the fact that the – because the driver, obviously, it's the city of Dublin. He'd obviously just, like, been circling around. The fact that he saw us and picked us up again was just uncanny. I was like, here we go again. I get in, and the taxi driver's like, good. And I'm like, Thank you. you did nothing for us, mate. You just – you made my mate go back and pretty much assault the bouncer. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you cost us a tenner on the way. Yeah, I've just wasted my night, you know, following around my mate who's, who's even more angry than he was in the beginning. And he's lost his jacket. His jacket's gone, you know? Oh, yeah, you're not getting that one back either. That's not one of those you walk back to the bouncer, I'm sorry, can I have my jacket? Oh, you're that fucking guy? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no chance. Absolutely no chance. You just hope um, that you didn't have a, a business card or your ID or that your name wasn't, yeah. yeah. wasn't sewn into the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I can't recall. It's so long ago that I can't recall all the details, but I remember his jacket being gone. And you're right, Bob. He didn't go back and pick it up. No. Um, what, but, do, you, do you think he would he have gotten away if he didn't trip? He just tripped on his own accord? He was very fast. He was very fast. I remember that. Like I played sport with him and stuff. He was fast. So he would have easily gotten away. Um, but he tripped and it was like, I've never, I've seen people trip and like sort of, you know, hobble to the ground or like hit themselves <laughs> hard or sort of keel over. I've never seen someone trip and like in the air, like Superman flat down on the ground um, like that. That was I mean, it was like someone was filming a movie and they were like, look, we're going to do a stunt now. You're going to trip in Superman. You know, it was crazy. I've only seen that twice in my life, actually. And both times it was my fault. I think, uh, one, I, of the, I think one of the times was in episode one when the guy just flew, flew at the cops. Continue. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've had guys come running at me and jump into the air at me. And I've just stepped out of the way or slapped them to carry their momentum over a little bit. Uh, one of the guys, like Kirk, I it wove my hands together. And as he jumped by, I fucking hit him with both hands. So he went kind of from the Superman pose like this to kind of bent all screwed up and backwards and flying through the air anyway. Jesus. So you hit, him, that. you hit him out of midair. He was flying through the air and you just double arm smoked him. Yeah. He jumped and I Kirked him. <laughs> wow. That reminds me of... Uh... That reminds me of the movie Wedding Crashers when he punches him in the church and he literally 
punches him as he's in the air. It's class. I've seen that. I punched a girl so hard one time she disappeared into the crowd and I couldn't find her. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was a total accident. Oh, that's in one of the episodes too. She fell down as I was punching another guy, and it was just like you know, two two objects flying through three dimensional space. Her falling this way, my fist coming this way. I didn't see her, and I'm throwing a punch at this guy, and all of a sudden, this girl just appears in the frame of focus, and I'm like, no! And I choke off as hard as I can. It doesn't matter. I still hit her, and it's like bang, and she just disappears, like just gone, like boom. And I'm looking around. I'm looking around and I can't see her. I can't see her anywhere. And I'm like, there's people fighting. It's a big, a big brawl. And at the end of the night, I'm standing at the doorway and this girl comes to the door and she has this huge fucking black eye. Oh no. And she says to me, she goes, I'm like, I'm like, I hope your evening wasn't too bad. And she goes, well, yeah, I got a bloody black eye on my fucking birthday. <laughs> and I, I said, I said to her, yeah, I guess if you come back, I'll try not to hit you again. And she's like, it was you. And I was like, yeah, it was me. And I fessed up. I explained the whole thing. And she wasn't all that mad. I mean, she was pissed off because she had a huge fucking shiner and stuff. But it wasn't like I fucking went out to punch her. You know what of I mean? Course, that wasn't yeah. the intent. But well, if it's if listen, if you're if you're in the middle of a brawl and it's you're a bouncer and it's an accident, then yeah. you know, fair play to her for for being cool about it. But it was if it's an accident and she understood. You know what I mean? Like well, twenty plus years ago, I fucking almost twenty years ago, I guess I fucking bopped a, a cop in the nose and broke his nose at, at at work. Didn't know he was a cop. Almost got shot for that one. Jesus Christ! I was in the middle of it again. I was in the middle of a fucking brawl at work, and a cop came up behind me while I was fighting and grabbed my shoulder, but didn't identify himself. So I just threw an elbow behind me to disengage whoever was grabbing me. I heard the crunch and I, the hand let go, and I'm like, perfect. I broke his nose. I'm good. I go back to what I'm doing, and then I hear this. I hear this. Get down the fucking ground! Get down the ground now! And I turn around, there's this cop holding his broken nose with his gun out of his holster, and I was like, woo! Okay. How have you, uh, how have you got to where you are today? With Like, that's just two stories? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Fair play to you. It goes on and on and on like that. I mean, it's just absurd. Yeah. I realized the other day, I realized the other day, just sitting on the edge of my bed in the morning, you know, doing the morning face scrub, you know, when you're, aren't quite you aren't quite there yet you're just kind of thinking about your life for a split second and it's almost transcendental i realized that it must be very difficult for most people to rationalize when i tell them how weird my life has been that i'm really not kidding like it's been so fucking weird it's like bad television from every day of my life it's just been so weird and it's become so normal to me that i'm just like well it's my life this is how it is you know like my best friend called me the other week and was like, yeah, he sort of fell in love with this, this meth hooker and ended up going down the street to try and meet her and, and ended up getting mugged by these two crackheads in this like burnt out apartment, something out of, you know, out of some post-apocalyptic nightmare movie or something. And, and, and that's just the stories people, my friends just call and tell me, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I had a weird day today, you know, like some dude pulled a knife on me at work or it just weird shit like that, that you wouldn't hear in casual conversation. You totally wouldn't expect to be part of your daily lexicon. And I guess that's what the show's all about. It's about the fact that the world is fucking weirder than people who live behind white picket fences and never get out there ever see. It is much weirder than you think it is. It's Hunter S Thompson weird all the fucking time. We're in back country. You know what I mean? It's fucked all the time. Uh, yeah. And I, I suppose that's pretty like, even that story you're telling me there about your friend, that's pretty dark, but like, as you said, it's become normal to you. And uh, yeah. even, even when I just heard you say there that you hit a woman, I was like, fuck, like, that's bad. But obviously, it, you told me, well, it was a total accident. You yeah. know what I mean? 
but the fact that those stories are normalized to you, yeah, that's fucked, but it's interesting. Yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the tagline for the whole show. Thirty nine drunken yeah. disorderlies, Big Bob. It's fucked, but it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna write that down. That's great. I mean, it's real. I mean, it's great. It's share you should share another quickie. Do we have time for a quickie, Trev? You got time, or uh, what's your time like? Uh, I'm actually, I'm 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 half on the other one. You know, I'm getting nice. between okay. two calls, but I'm here. So. Shout out! Uh, we should shout out. It's our buddy. Uh, you've seen him on past episodes. Uh, he was on Big Bad Bouncer, and he was in a recent COVID episode. Um, McNabs, Nabbers. It's Nabbers' birthday tonight. So after this episode, yeah. uh, we're shout out to McNab uh, right now. I'm live on 39DD show. Getting yeah, a shout yeah. out right now. Big yeah. Guy. Any uh, any uh, audience uh, members? We got Pearson and we got my brother. If you guys right. have audience questions or if you want, got two screens going. Um, but happy uh, birthday, McNab. And uh, and make sure too, if you're not already, follow uh, Big Bob on uh, at Thirty Nine DD Show on Instagram. Hit us up on all the social medias. Watch this on YouTube. If honestly, if you're not watching this, if you're, I mean, do your thing. If you if you're a listening type person, if you just if you just want to hear the sombolent sounds of my soft and vivacious voice riding out to you in the night while you fall asleep, that's fine too. But we prefer if you like, share, subscribe, come and see us. We're waiting for you, man. We're everywhere. Also, I'm going to be doing some interesting things on my uh, Instagram lately. I've been working on turning myself into a boyer, trying to make bows in the old-fashioned English tradition out of ashwood. And it's a lot fucking harder than it looks. So I'll be giving some updates about that as we go. Um, if you guys have any book reviews or, or things you want me to read you think would be good, please uh, drop me a, you know, a message and let me know about that shit too because that's awesome, you know. And yeah, one more time, I want to give us all a shout out, especially I want to give a shout out to, to my co-hosts and to all our lovely guests. Um, everyone who's been on the show, everyone has been a part of this, dude, guys who can't be with us tonight, like Kareem, who's, who's not around for obvious reasons, he's back yes. home, and, and to Jabril. Well, and now in these days, he should be, because he could just call in. Let's, let's, uh, let's go over all that, and I'm, I'm prepared to go into bonus time here. Yeah, uh, okay. I wouldn't mind hearing another story from Chris. This is the 39 episode, so we can go OT in this Um but let's shout out a few people. Uh, you, you mentioned Kareem, who was our editor and graphic designer, did the exactly. original logo. Pam, 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 pam. Jabril yep. the Thrill. Yeah, the Thrill uh, Money. Been a lot of episodes. James Tubi the Tubinator. Legend. The tube. uh, classic. The tubes. Classic. Absolute legend. Um, my brother's l listening and watching right now. Chris Larson, a.k.a. Bumpus Ballfields. He uh, wrote and recorded the, uh, the um, theme song to this. Uh, to the podcast yeah, as well, yeah. too, from from New York City, live from across the street from Madison Square Garden, and uh, oh man, so many people. Tony Long is interesting thing about Tony Long. Tony Long is currently editing the episodes and he's editing our teasers, but he actually shot and uh, he was here the night of the blizzard in episode one at Laughing Viking. So yeah, kind of that's right. Yeah. Now he's an MVP Tony. again. So yeah, huge uh, huge shout out to Tony, who Trev and I met on We Came to Wreck Everything, which is a feature film that hopefully is coming out soon. But uh, thank you, Tony, at Shed Light for all of your help. Anyone else that we should shout out in this anniversary? The episode? super fan, uh, the super fan who came on, is it Feps? 
Sheps. Oh, yeah, Sheps. I, I don't think he's on right now, but Sheps, you, I'm sure you're going to hear this. And we oh, we're going to give him a super shout out too. I mean, he's definitely part of the heroic motion that keeps this thing going. Also back in the day at, um, what do you call it, uh, 1830 downtown, we had Windy City Nick. All yeah, of we haven't heard, from, haven't heard from stories from Chicago in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Chris, do you want to share, um, tell us some more stories. Tell us some, some other funny things. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you another one um, about the pub below you, actually. Um, so as I've told Trevor and yourself already, that I used to live around the corner, not far um, from you boys, and uh, lived in a house full of Irish lads. And one of them worked in that bar. Um, and that's how I started going there. And I remember I was there when I first met my girlfriend uh, one night. And the two of us were there. I think I'd been there. I think we'd been together maybe, I don't know, a month. Right, like not long, and uh, we, you know, the usual thing was to go out on a Friday night, hit uh, hit prohibition, and um, grab a few drinks and get a bit loose, right? And we went in there, and we were we were pretty we were pretty far gone, uh, drunk wise. I was I was okay, but her and her friend were very very drunk, right? And I remember thinking, okay, like. It'll be time to wrap this up soon. We've got to get out of here. So I, I, I grab uh, my girlfriend and I tell her to come with me. She grabs um, a jacket with herself and then uh, we're waiting for her friend. And as she's walking out, I just you know some, Bob, you probably can attest to this. Sometimes you see things in bars and they're just a little bit out of place. Something's going on and you can just tell something's not quite right. And yeah, I call I call it the Spidey sense. All bouncers get it, and anyone who's regular enough at a pub will have the same feeling. You're not sure what it is. You don't know what it is right away, but you feel it. It's the atmosphere. Something is not right in the air. And I look over, and I remember seeing um, these two two other ladies um, standing by the bar, and one of them was shorter with blonde hair, and then there was a taller one with the brown hair. And the blonde-haired one was screaming in her friend's face, and um, saying, I remember she was like, oh, just, let's just go home. Let's just go home. It's fine. And her friend was like, no, 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 it's okay. We'll stay. It was, that, it was just a weird atmosphere. And then all of a sudden, her fr the blonde haired girl came over to my girlfriend and essentially said, whoa, 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 what are you doing with my jacket? And my girlfriend was wasted. And essentially, she, my girlfriend had a jacket in her hands, but she thought it was my jacket because I had a very similar jacket, but I just hadn't brought it out with me. So my girlfriend had picked up, unbeknownst to her, someone else's jacket, assuming it was mine, and it happened to be this other girl's bomber jacket. So the blonde-haired girl was already in a bit of a bad mood. There was, as, as you say, Bob, the spidey sense was going off. And um, she, she took the jacket back, and my girlfriend was like, what? Uh, okay. And, and she just walked off to her friend with the brown hair. And her friend with the brown hair goes, no, let's fucking go over there. I could just see her arguing and shouting. And straight over to my girlfriend and started shouting in her face. And my girlfriend was like just smiling. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, because they obviously thought she was stealing this blonde girl's jacket. And my girlfriend was like, it's a fucking piece of shit jacket. I don't want the fucking jacket. It doesn't look good. That didn't help. Um, but I could, I could tell things were just getting a little bit, they were boiling over. And then my girlfriend's friend, who is very feisty, to say the least, comes, comes over and just sees these two, two people shouting 
in, in my girlfriend's ear. So I look at the bouncer and I go, listen, I knew the bouncers because my friend obviously worked there. I said, listen, you need to get over here. These two ladies are just, they're being very aggressive towards my, uh, my girlfriend and her friend. And as I did that, of course, they start pushing each other and it all kicks off. In the end, the two ladies who were aggressive got kicked out. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, listen, stay here. We'll stay here another 20 minutes and wait for them to sort of move on. We don't want to be, we're not getting any arguments. I'm not, I'm not standing in the middle of four, four women having a fight. It's That's just not the happening. Worst. That's the worst. It's not happening. Because you don't know what to do. You, I can't like physically get involved. I just, it's not happening. So instead, my girlfriend and her friend go, no, we're going to leave now. We'll just leave now. And I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, here we you go. You know where this is going to go, yeah. So we leave, and as we're walking up towards Queen and Broadview on the corner, the two girls are there, as if it's like a playground or something, like waiting for them, you know? And uh, I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, it's going to kick off. And I think my girlfriend's friend just said to, her, just said to the brown hair girl, she said, you're trash. And as soon as she said that, the brown hair girl, honestly, the most perfect straight right punch I've ever seen. Bang. <laughs> Into my girlfriend's friend's face. And I'm, I just see my girlfriend's friend. She was like the term, Terminator. She just went, she went back. <laughs> and then just morphed back forward again like you know what's the terminator the t2000 what's the one with the liquid yeah or it reminds me of weevils wobble but they don't fall down just, yeah yeah, yeah. those those punching clowns you know those boxing clowns right right she was she was just almost like too drunk that she just didn't care it was an amazing punch and yet she came back like liquid nitrogen just back up and uh she looked at her and the, the brown hair girl was stunned because she just thrown this amazing punch. I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? And my girlfriend's friend grabbed the other girl's hair, blonde hair girl, and into the wall, brings her head into the wall, rips out her extensions, has them in her hand. And then from then on in, it's just a mess. And luckily, a gentleman from the bar came over, grabbed the other two girls and said, said, if you got those two, I've got these two. If you got those two, I've got these two. So I had to sort of like shepherd my girlfriend and her friend away as this was kicking off. And then uh, we all went to a bar and had a few shots and, and, and worried what the fuck was that all about, you know? <laughs> I it's love that funny. she ripped her extensions out. That reminds me of those lizards that you, when you pull their tail, their tails just fall off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, geckos. Yeah, yeah. It was, it that, was, that's funny. that reminds me of a bouncer technique because when you're dealing with women, you do what's called the wall because you can't hit them and you can't do anything, you can't grab them. So you just get a couple guys and you stand shoulder to shoulder and you just stand in front of them and you're yeah. like, No, you gotta go, no, you gotta go. And every time they move towards where you want them to go, you just take another step closer. So if they want to go crazy, all they can do is kind of slap your chest and get mad at you, but you can't, you, they can't go anywhere. And so you slowly just like, it's like almost like a piston, right? You just kind of move down the hallway and just force them out of the way. You know what I mean? You've got, I mean, it's, it's a tough position to be in. I, I just felt like if, if this gets physical, which it eventually did, I was just like, where, you, you know, I'm not, I'm skilled with my conversation, but my hands, I'm not going to start grabbing anyone. You know what I mean? I've just got to sort of like shepherd people away. But I was very lucky that I had um, someone like you, Bob, who kind of understood Look, we're going to, yeah. he just, he came over straight away and was like, I'll take these two. You're clearly with those two and we'll just, we'll, we'll separate them and this will just move on. Um, I don't think anyone got severely injured. I think 
my my girlfriend's friend actually she just had a bit of a fat lip and she she was she was she felt a bit like a badass so apart from the hair extensions i think that was pretty bad but yeah that was a fun story right below you lars right near where you are but and that was the first month i was with my girlfriend so i was thinking jesus i hope this stuff doesn't happen again but uh yeah it wasn't really her fault she took the wrong jacket it was an accident and it just all kicked off you said something there chris that a lot of irishmen say they say i just got lucky and uh you can follow chris at lucky fool media check him out uh thank you for coming and joining us on this uh 39th anniversary episode here i'm gonna flip us over to gallery view so that we can uh, do a final toast we got mike pearson uh, feel free to unmute yourselves. We've got uh, Ketchison. We've got uh, Chris with the music from New York City. Let's oh, raise yeah. up. Yeah, all of the original scoring. I'm going to flip over to Naber's birthday. But here's the 39, and here's the 39 more. And uh, who knows what happens after that. Well done. Well done Ooh. to all of you. Absolutely, guys. If you listen to the background right now, you might be able to hear some of the fireworks that are going off in my neighborhood. Because I decided to take a step out on the porch and enjoy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because of the, we uh, always have a show on a holiday. Every day, every other show is on a holiday. To the queen, light, light one for the queen. So I can't do that, lads. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Anyhow, once again, guys, on that note, I'd love to also say to all of you at home, thank you so much for being with us on this crazy journey. And we hope to be here for many more and to see you guys uh, next week and on all of our favorite sites. Again, don't forget, check us out where you get your goddamn podcasts, okay? Because we're literally everywhere. Um, Lars has made sure that we're everywhere. So that's us for another Monday, another fantastic episode. Happy 39, everybody. Happy 39. Happy Victoria Day. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. You were great. Thanks to all of our other audience members and listeners. Uh, we couldn't do this without you guys. We love you. No, we love you. All right, take care. Thanks for having me. Bye, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.